These genies are really strong, sorry. I thought you said genies. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, the genies in here are really strong. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. Are we going to make a little bit of music? Mm. Yeah, we need to make some more jingles. Okay. Do you want to jam for a little yeah, bit? Yeah, let's just jam. It's the sound of the police. <laughs> but it's wow. You, you, know, you're, oh. you know your limitations wait, on that wait, flute. Wait. <laughs> Don't worry, be happy would be fantastic. Okay, let's do that. Babe, I'm holding do a clay bird <laughs> with three holes. <laughs> you want me to do it? I can try. I'm not saying I'm going to be able to do it. I got to feel it out first. All right, okay. <laughs> How does that song go? Don't worry. Just be happy. That's pretty good. It's actually, I don't hate it. Here's a little song I wrote. Socially distant, spiritually close. Hi, and welcome to our first inaugural episode of Socially Distant, Spiritually Close. It was called Love in the Time of Corona, but a lot of other people have had that idea. Who knew that that was going to be so popular? I genuinely, and this humbled me, didn't think enough people would have read Love in the Time of Cholera. As a best-selling book. <laughs> One of the best-selling novels of all time. <laughs> I was like, I'm the only person who's got this memo. <laughs> None of these idiots can even do wordplay. I'm a genius. <laughs> and then someone who I don't think is clever at all, like someone I have no intellectual respect for, tweeted it. That's, that is brutal. And I was like, if you have thought of this, I don't want to be associated with it. Oh, gosh. So we changed. So our title, Socially Distant and Spiritually Close, actually comes from a sign we saw outside a church, which I just love. Is that where it came from? Well, you weren't there, but yes. Oh. I was going to say, I was like, I thought it was a tweet, but I assume everything's a tweet. No. No, no, no. Mm. I I always imagine It's like porn, I... you know? Like, if you think it, it exists, I thought like, oh, if I thought I'd probably saw it on Twitter. You know? Yeah, I thought that you meant that all your cultural reference points were porn. No, so that's like not what I'm saying. You're like, Everything oh. I think about is porn. You're like, oh, a rose by any other name. Which porn is that from? <laughs> I was like, okay. Rhyme with the Ancient Mariner. That's a porn. I would be interested to know how Pornhub's stocks are doing. They're giving out free, porn? like, yeah, free porn in quarantine. Especially to Italian people at first, but I assume they've changed that now. I am also giving out free porn in quarantine if anyone's interested. Honestly, Ellie and I were talking about how some girl, she's listening to a podcast to, um, who's, like, socially, um... Uh, in, in, inverted, at least. That sounds weird. She's, she's an invert. introvert. Introvert. Sorry, that's about inverted. Wrong word. Socially inverted. Inverted is a brutal character assassination. Okay, well, oh, she... don't mind her. She's socially inverted. Anyway, she's an introvert, but she realized in this time period that she actually does really like enjoy her social interactions. She does have, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh, well, I'll go on Omegle." And she was like, "Oh my god, the amount of penises I saw!" And like this one guy was like, "Please, I just want, need someone, please, to watch me." drink my own load and and she was like what and ellie and i were like i was like oh, bro like type in your paypal first and she was like that's a great idea. monetize monetize anyway off topic anyways moving on from uh from that the... <laughs> uh hey we support sex workers here so we're a sex positive feminist exactly if you want to spend your time in quarantine watching strangers on the internet Drinking their own load and getting paid to do so, I honestly salute Give you. Give me the link. <laughs> Proud of you. 
Our whole podcast is premised around the idea of connection and feeling connected to the people that we can't hang out with, which is everyone. Um, <laughs> we got quarantined here. Uh, well, we self-quarantined a couple weeks. days early. I, well, I was going to say weeks for some reason. It felt like weeks. <laughs> but we are on day 15 of quarantine. Wow. Who's been counting? Not I've me. been counting because I've been doing quarantine updates. God damn. But I just go like, it's day 15 of quarantine. <laughs> Anyways, we have six segments, all of which are designed to entertain you and keep you busy in these difficult times. I'm going to explain very briefly the first three. Um, so our first three segments are based off something my mom used to do for my dad every Christmas. She would get him something to watch, something to eat, something to read, something to listen to, and something to wear. Um, and he was one of those people who will like pick a present and then guess what it is and he was always right which just removes all the joy so he'd be like it's new underwear my mom would be like it fucking it is new underwear he'd be like it's master commander the extended edition dvd she'd be like it, it is that he was incredible i don't know how he did it um so our first three segments are something to watch something to read and something to eat they're pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> if you need expl- explanation, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> so something to watch. We'll be recommending something that you can watch with your eyes. Um, watching is when you sit down. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and in classic fashion, Katie has left the three other topics, which are longer and more explanation is needed, which is great because I'm so eloquent. And honestly, I forgot the fancy names we have for them. The first one is called We Need to Talk. Oh, we need to talk, period. When you've had three ice lattes, you got a couple of deadlines, but all you can think about is that guy who you really like, who hasn't been texting you back, but you're probably still dating. It's probably fine. It's probably completely fine. He's probably just doing things, and then he sends you a text. And the text says, we need to talk, period. Period. That's the feeling you get, and that's the feeling we'll be talking about during this segment, which is basically any worries, whether they're quarantine related or not um happen and you want answers to them or we're just kind of like talking them out to ourselves basically really we're just talking about our feelings and also talking about your feelings because we know your feelings i thought (laughs) you were about to say i thought you were about to say we know your feeling feelings oh you probably are feeling some feelings and whatever else you're feeling, well, please keep it to yourself. <laughs> Only feelings allowed. Okay? And then the next segment is... No news is good news, but here's some news that's good. Which is also self-explanatory in some ways. Good but news. it's just good news, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, those can be anything to, like, actually good news, to just small tidbits that make us really happy, things that make us laugh, stuff that keeps you uplifted, because it obviously, as much as this is, like... Lighthearted, also obviously surrounded by the fact that we, whether or not us individually are going through a really, really tough time because of the situation, but there obviously are a lot of people who are. Mm. And that's important to recognize that and to recognize your privilege. So nice. Yep. Oh, and the third, right? Okay, so the third segment is uninformed and full of rage. And this one, if you can't tell, <laughs> will be a feisty. Answer to any questions you send in. And I know we have a long list of questions already waiting for us. Honestly, let me just, sorry, let me just check. Just rifle through, yeah, a giant mailbag of all these questions. Basically an Agony Ant column of anything 
anything that's on your mind, any question, literally anything. Big or small, you know? Yeah. Our question this week, it's a heavy hitter. Our question next week, who, who knows? knows? <laughs> because we haven't read it yet. <laughs> and you haven't sent it yet. <laughs> Why don't you ever call? Um, all of our segments are listener-led in the main the first three something to watch something to read and something to eat if you guys don't send suggestions it's no sweat we have a lot of stuff that we're reading and watching and eating uh (laughs) lots that we're eating a lot of eating um and but the last three we need to talk no news is good news but here's some news that's good and uninformed and full of rage are really listener-led so all you need please to do listen is, and please lead. Listen and lead, baby. Just listen. It sounds like a thing you'd say to a horse. You know? Oh my god. Horse girls. <laughs> Just listen. Shout out to horse girls. <laughs> Just How are listen you guys? and lead. <laughs> Stuck inside. Are you guys doing are you guys doing that weird indoor thing where you where set you up hop, where you hop around? Where you gallop? Oh, don't don't call it galloping. But it can't be good for your back. Oh, it has That's to be the horrible. Thing. It cannot be good for your back. If you don't know what we're talking about. Google Look horse up. girls galloping indoors. And there are way too many videos. Way too many of yeah. them. Anyway. Anyway, if you have any suggestions, our Instagram is spiritually close. Um, you can just DM them to us. Yeah, direct line. Like, like not Catholicism is my my brain gave me. The opposite. The opposite of Catholicism. What's a really nice... Oh, it's like Pure Land Buddhism. There you go. <laughs> we won't explain that because we don't have time, but look it <laughs> up. Moving on. Uh, so our first segment is something to watch. Would you like to sing? I could do a little yes. bird intro Ooh. and then you can sing. Nice. I, got, I like it. Something to watch. That was awful. You were good. My bird thing was bad. I thought you were saying that was awful to me and I was like, that's fair. That wasn't that good. <laughs> For something to watch, I think you should go first. Okay, mine's a bit of a cheat because we oh, did so watch this. If we did the same thing, I would laugh. We won't have done. Okay. <laughs> That's rude. Trust but me. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't have the same opinion, so, you yeah. know. <laughs> um, I did Big Night. Oh, six, Directed by your own Stanley Tucci. Also co-written by him. And semi-produced by him. I literally love... The Tooch is probably one of my favorite men of all time. May I say, touche, Tucci. <laughs> it really is amazing. But this movie has a really, really big place in my heart. I forced all of my flatmates to watch this recently because I uh, love food. And this movie is basically like the biggest appreciation of food at least Italian food, that I've seen on screen so far. And I've not watched all media, which means uh, that's a lie. But, you know, whatever. There's Of my family, this is really important. We've made some food from this movie because it's delicious, and it features tons of great actors, a great music. Mm. I mean, Louis Prima is, like, at the center of this fucking movie, guys. It's literally amazing. How did you like it? I loved it. It has a lot of heart. And I think that that's something that I'm noticing I'm really seeking out. And I I'm, I read a lot in my spare time. And I think that as a result of that, my music, my my film taste is very, like, like, like bad. Like, it's I not don't... bad. You just spend more time reading books than you do watching movies. But when I watch movies, I'm always like, I want something cozy. I'm like, uh, I'm not really often out here looking for something challenging. And I think that's because I read a lot. I hope it's that. But I also think, you know, like, this movie, just in case you're worried about it being challenging, it's not. isn't challenging at all. In fact, it's actually <laughs> quite, like, 
it's super funny and uh, but that's what yeah. I was gonna say is I, I think that it's the kind of movie that I like anyways but done really really well mm. so it, it's very cozy and it's about love and the importance of being honest and the importance of forgiveness and all these things and it's also and about eating and eating lots of eating lots of eating and I think I was watching a Bon Appetit video uh, which was like the one where they all all the chefs are at home and they're talking right, about, right. you know what I'm talking about? yeah the new one that came out where they're all gonna they're, do their videos at home they're talking about how they're gonna do their videos at home and they're saying that a lot of people are writing to them being like wow I'm finally getting to cook these things I didn't have time to cook before and I think that's like big night is a very inspirational place to start with that because we do even if you are working from home you don't have your commute anymore probably so you've got an extra hour to make dinner which is really nice yeah and the best part is this movie has been around for a bit and it's a really loved foodie movie. So if you watched it and wanted to make something from the film, mm. you can Google it and you will find the recipes for it, all of the things on there. Really? Yeah, yeah. We So my family and I, for my father's birthday one year, made a centerpiece of one of the meals they eat. And it was literally mind-blowing. It was so, so good. So, so, so good. Is that the, what's it called? The timpano, which is what it's called, which is, as you'll see in the movie, inglorious. Mm. I won't give any, uh, any hints any or anything like that, any spoilers, because you really should watch it. What was yours? Something to watch. So mine isn't something to watch. Okay. It's Off something piece. to listen to. Fair. Um, and it's from a podcast called Modern Love, which is put out by the New York Times. And, um, people write, uh, essays about modern forms of love for the New York Times, and then they get people to read them aloud for the podcast. I'd really recommend listening to the whole podcast, but my favorite episode so far, which I think is quite timely, is called Need to Find Me, Ask My Ham Man, which was written by a woman called Catherine Down, who's a food writer who lives in Paris. She's originally American. And it was read by Jenny Slate. I'm a really big Jenny Slate fan. Fair. But it's about a woman who her mom has Parkinson's. And she goes back to visit her, but she always chooses to return to Paris in the knowledge that something could happen to her mom while she's gone. Mm. So there's a quote uh, from it, which is, To others, my life in Paris must seem fairly perfect, all croissants and long walks along the Seine. What people don't see, my chronically ill mother sobbing into my neck and begging me not to go, me getting on that plane anyways, convinced I'm some kind of monster. And I think that for many of us, especially people who are the adult children of people in their 60s, which I imagine is most of our friends, yeah. and a lot of people who are hopefully listening, um, <laughs> We've all had to make a lot of hard choices, so I'm away from my parents. Everyone in this apartment is away from their parents for a variety of reasons. Um, and my mom is still working. She's a class as an essential worker. And so it's just quite reassuring because I think as a, ch- as a child, as a daughter, mm. whatever, we all feel so much responsibility right now towards our parents. And of course, that's right and that's natural. But I think for me, I found it really reassuring because... I never know what the right thing to do is in this situation. And, like, I'm sure a lot of us are in that boat where you want to go home, but you have obligations that keep you where you are, and that's really difficult. Um, But it's also, the other side of it is it's about the food connections that she's made in Paris. So she's best friends with the man who sells her ham. Mm. Um, And she jokes and she's like, oh, I'm good friends with all my food sellers because they can't leave when I go and talk to them. They have to stand behind the counter. Right. 
but as someone who has worked in hospitality for a long time and now isn't because the restaurant's closed, um, I really miss those interactions and I'm sure people are really missing those interactions and it's made me realize how much of my personality is based on how I talk to the people who sell me coffee or sell me cheese and it's just really nice. And I'd also really recommend the Modern Love podcast generally and Catherine Down, who wrote this one, has just been featured on an episode they've just done called Love in the Time of Corona Mm -hmm. Um, because she had to like go through this process of registering as her boyfriend's concubine so she could be on his health insurance before the quarantine in Paris. Is that the legal term for it still? Because like, because they're not married, but she's his like dependent as concubine. That's so interesting. Which I thought was kind of hilarious. And she posted a picture of her being like, I'm a concubine. That's actually so funny. So yeah, Modern Love, New York Times. And if you're not, a podcast person, which I assume you must be because you're listening to a podcast, uh, the New York Times also publishes all of those essays in essay form as well. Yeah. A lot of people listening to this now have been forced, so that's fair. Yeah, I mean, sorry. But, <laughs> but not so sorry, to be honest. When we first put our Instagram up, I was like, so who's like, who's followed? <laughs> Who hasn't? <laughs> I know you guys can't see Katie, but she just made the most Chad looking, like Chad face I've ever seen. A guy who's just like, yeah, like, who's so like, who follow so me like, on Instagram? Are you like, like, so are you gonna like, you like hit this or not? <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you heard, uh, just like, I've got like a pod. It's pretty vibey. Like, check it out. It's no big deal. <laughs> Something to read. That was my bird. I think the bird needs to be consigned. I think the bird is like outshining me a bit. So I think we maybe we should put it down. Yeah, that's fair. That's completely fair. So we got something to read. Mm, Don't look at my book. (laughs) She just looked at my book. That's like when people get naked and they're like, don't look at my penis. Oh, wait, yeah. So you have a lot of experience with that or something? (laughs) With penises? Yes. I don't know what the right answer to that is. (laughs) I've never seen one before. Not me. No. Oh, golly gosh. All right, you're going first, though, because I went first. Oh, okay. My something to read is a book called Elizabeth and Her German Garden by Elizabeth von Arnhem. Nice. Thank you. I honestly thought you were in pain for a second from the expression on your face. Nope. I, she, this is a pen, it's her pen name, Elizabeth von Arnhem. I cannot for the life of me remember what her actual name is, so we're just gonna move on. But it's about a woman, Elizabeth. It's like, it's it's a journal, it's semi-autobiographical, written originally in, in 1898 and reprinted 20 times in the years that, like, followed that huge hit in her own lifetime. Um, and it's all about this woman, her husband, who she calls the Man of Wrath throughout the book. Great. Classic. Um, buys her this house in the German countryside. He's German, she isn't. They move to the country and, um... And it's just about her cultivating her garden and, and all she really wants to do is like sit on the patio with a plate of cheese and a cup of tea and listen to the birds. But Don't it's, we all. Don't we all. But it's quite, she's really funny because she like kind of hates everyone and just wants to like hang out. And she calls her babies the May baby and the April baby. So cute. Which I think is really cute. It's, I think for, of its time, it kind of anticipates Virginia Woolf's A Room of One's Own, because she just wants to be by herself, which obviously even now is quite kind of revolutionary for women. Exactly. So I have a couple of quotes 
Please. But she said, which are really funny, and then I'm going to read a tiny bit from the book. So she said once, Oh dear, relations are like drugs. Useful sometimes, and even pleasant if taken in small quantities, but seldom, and dreadfully pernicious on the whole. And truly, it's wise to avoid them. <laughs> wow. I should teach that with drug. What, what, what's the, like, alcohol and drugs, like, the class you do in school? Do You're that saying that they should stand up in front of teenagers and say, treat these drugs like you treat your mom and dad? What? Mom and dad? This is relatives. Oh, relatives. I thought it said men. Sorry. <laughs> that was really sexy. <laughs> and then she also said, I'm so glad I didn't die on the various occasions. I earnestly wished I might, for I would have missed a lot of lovely weather. Oh, wow. Which I think is quite sweet. That's adorable. I'm going to read just the opening. My copy is from 1908. Ooh. Yep. Bragging, but that's fine. We'll keep it. That's okay. Okay, there's also a bit that I'm going to sing, because in the book, it's just music notes. I like it. It won't be accurate. So, which will surprise no one who's heard my bird noises. Okay. May 7th. I love my garden. I'm writing in it now in the late afternoon loveliness, much interrupted by the mosquitoes and the temptation to look at all the glories of the new green leaves washed half an hour ago in a cold shower. Two owls are perched near me and are carrying on a long conversation that I enjoy as much as any warbling of nightingales. The gentleman owl says, Woo-hoo. And she answers from her tree a little way off, Woo-hoo. Beautifully assenting to and completing her lord's remarks, as becomes a properly constructed German she-owl. They say the same thing over and over again so emphatically that I think it must be something nasty about me. But I shall not let myself be frightened away by the sarcasm of owls. <laughs> oh, I tried so hard not to laugh while you were reading that. So great. It's I just love so it. it's very gentle. And so I think like something I've noticed when we've been going shopping and going on our outdoor trips is I feel super in tune to like when everything's about to bud. Because I can see that mm. the trees outside our kitchen window are about yeah. to burst into flower. Plants are in my view. Yeah, I feel really like normally I would be aware of the fact that I notice that the trees aren't in bloom and then two days later I notice that they are in bloom and I'm aware that I've missed something. Right. Whereas now I feel really attuned to that, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I love it. We went on uh, our daily, well not daily, we haven't been taking it daily, but on our exercise walk this morning and I guess I, I hadn't been out for a while and I guess I forgot how much I really love plants, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's so much fun here in Edinburgh. So many people have really really beautiful like mini gardens and and plants all around it's so nice to see that stuff because i mean as much as we have green here we don't Mm. live out in the countryside although if you have gravel in your front garden we are adamant about this it's so it's such a waste like spend the what who knows how much it is to maintain a lawn by yourself like honestly but it can't be that much because they're not big lawns like if you have a giant lawn i don't care because we probably won't see it because it's probably behind a fence but the people with small lawns who are just like who are not even asphalting that or like with stones or something who just have gravel i'm like what are you like your gravel is expensive gravel is expensive gravel is expensive and also there are people who have like red gravel and it's like don't try and soften the blow gravel is gravel yeah it's a harsh no from me and also we live in an apartment we'd give anything for that little patch of of land Mm. even if it was just dirt 
I love the smell of dirt. Just put a lawn chair on some dirt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what, what I'd give, eh? <laughs> small, small steps, you know? Okay, well, my something to read, even though you didn't ask me, is... Uh... Well, I mean, I know it's coming next because that's how this goes. Do you want me to ask you? Francesca? Yeah? What's your something to read? Oh, wow, so kind of you to ask. So, on a very different note, and more just out of my own egotism... I have suggested you read the Iliad. That's so fucking whack. (laughs) Only because I have for the longest time, like many probably who are listening, have only read the Odyssey. And You are the worst (laughs) person I've ever met. (laughs) And I thought, you know, now is probably the time after I'm done with my academic work to really dive into what I probably have considered all my life the most boring or like the more boring half of Homer's works. You know, it just seems like... You know, I honestly, that was on the tip of my tongue. I see. Exactly. It's common knowledge. But I'm so interested in seeing the, what pe- what the uneducated would call bromance, but really is romance between Achilles and his oh-so-great lover, Patrocles. Honestly thought you were going to say between Achilles and his heel. <laughs> and I was like, I don't think... That is not a bromance. They, they don't engage in a <laughs> that romance. That is anatomy. That's yeah. not, I was like, ooh. Okay. No, I've always wanted to read it. I really have. And I've never had the time or the like attention span to do so because it's, I feel, a bit less adventurous in some ways. I say that having not read it, but, you know, sorry, Homer. But that's something I do is when I go traveling, I take classics with me. And you have to read them. Because you have to read the them. The only books you brought. That's how I've gotten through most of the Jane Austen I've read, is being like on a train in the middle of nowhere, being like, well, I have to read something, I'm going to read this. Yeah, that's why I brought those, like, Dostoevsky with me when we went to, to Barcelona. To Barcelona. It's like, it's like, it's, su- to say, like, I lay on the beach and I read War and Peace. Is that yeah, Dostoevsky? I didn't, that I didn't, I don't know, but I didn't read War and Peace because I feel like that's just that what assholes do. <laughs> I have no idea. No. But, like, I just feel like sun-soaked, little glass of sangria. And then diving into Russian, Russian literature. literature. <laughs> yeah, but no, I've always, I really have always wanted to read it. And, you know, there's so, there's something so great about, um, I am really fascinated with, like, how ancient cultures up till now have been perceived, like, the sexual relations in these cultures mm. are just so vastly different than we assume mm. or will ever know, necessarily. Mm. But, like, because obviously we study a bit of Japanese pre-modern and medieval Japanese culture through Buddhism. And I'm doing my dissertation that has to do with gender relations and sexual relations. And it's just super, super interesting to me. And I think that despite obviously this being among the many works that has probably been revised and edited and Mm. whatever is taken out of translation as inevitably happens will be different, but I want to see, I just want to see what's peeking through. Well, thank you for that. You are duly welcome. If anyone reads any of these books, please let us know. Yeah, please do. And if you didn't like them, maybe don't let us know. Hey, if you read the Iliad, looking forward to hearing from you in a couple of months, you know? <laughs> looking forward to hearing from you in, like, in your 40s, maybe. Do you know what does kind of slap? <laughs> Herodotus's histories. Yeah, they are good. They are good. I also, like, oh, you know what I want to do again? I want to read, like, um... Arabian Nights. No, I was thinking of like all the old fables, like you know how Ovid is uh-huh. the is the Italian version or whatever, but like Aesop's fables, those are great. Those are so much fun. I know what I was gonna say. I think that with all this chatter, and my mom does this a lot. She'll be like, "Oh, you, you, you kids, 
with your bisexuality and it's like we didn't come up with this stuff this stuff mm. has been around for like thousands and thousands of years gender has always been a spectrum sexuality has always been fluid I get this the wrong way around. Gender has always well, been fluid. <laughs> Sexuality has always been a spectrum. And you see that when you go back and look at ancient literature and even not so ancient literature like Twelfth Night. Yeah, no, it's everywhere. It is. I always thought that was funny when people like assumed that um, like a thing with uh, all the AIDS crisis in uh, what was that, the 90s? 80s, 90s. 80s, yeah. 80s 90s. Um, that they were like, oh yeah, it's because we've got lots of gays in their fucking in the ass and you're like you think people weren't doing anal like before the 80s and 90s is that what you think they talk about it in like italian Renaissance you know literature. like excuse me and for somebody <laughs> to enter into a canonical work like the likelihood of them being the only person who's doing it right exactly is so unlikely exactly exactly all right all right okay well <laughs> something to eat do you want me to do the bird let's do the bird i don't want to do the bird. okay but just just two tones like you did before Oh shit, I didn't think about my jingle. <laughs> uh, my jingles suck, should, man. You should do a noise like <sighs> something to eat. <clears throat> that's me on the cob. Oh wait, no, that's corn on the cob. <laughs> corn on the cob, <clears throat> something to eat. That's me on the cob. <laughs> Sounds like you're, you're like showing people your holiday pictures. Oh, that's so oh, good. And that's oh, me on the cob. Now this picture here, this me on the cob. So much fun. <laughs> oh, what hi- a great ride. <laughs> Ohio girls might do. <laughs> Oh, God. Okay. All right. Well, my something to eat is two things. Ha-ha-ha. Uh-huh. Q. Q canned laughter. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, so, this is based on the fact that Francesca isn't eating any fat because she has a gallbladder full of... Debris. Or, <laughs> as my doctor said, sludge. <laughs> If you have any questions about my gallbladder, please DM. I'm not willing to speak about it now. (laughs) DM for gallbladder pics. (laughs) I wish I had the pictures. I wish you did too. (laughs) Um, So Jessica can't eat any... Fat. Fat. Uh, And I hate egg whites. In lies the solution. (laughs) So if I keep making stuff that just needs egg yolk and Jessica keeps eating the egg whites. So my two things are egg coffee, which is a Vietnamese coffee, uh, which was invented in 1947. Damn. Uh, in Vietnamese, it's called Cafe Chong. Nice. Yep. Cafe uh, Chong. And it came from, like, fresh milk being in short supply. So Vietnamese coffee uh, is espresso and condensed milk, um, but they ran out of condensed milk at some point. It said in the war, but the Vietnam War wasn't in 47, so I've got something wrong here. But they added egg to, like, like puff up the, the condensed yeah, milk. Yeah, give it creamy so cream. How it works is you need one egg yolk, four, yes, that's right, four tablespoons of condensed milk. Damn. And in total, four shots of espresso, and you're putting two in each cup. So this recipe is for two cups of egg coffee. So what you do is you brew your coffee. We use a percolator. Because that's just what's up. No, we use a mocha pot. It it's percolates. It's not the same thing. We use a mocha pot. Um, and you make your espresso when you put your espresso in the cups that you're going to use. And then you beat your yolk with your four tablespoons of condensed milk until it's light and frothy. This doesn't take a long time. And 
when you beat egg yolk with condensed milk, it doesn't, like, change. It hits a point, and then it stops changing. Does so, like, don't, don't worry about over-beating it? Don't worry it? about overdoing it, and if you're waiting for something else to happen, it's probably not going to. Right. Um, and then what you do is you spoon half the mixture onto the one coffee and then spoon onto the other coffee. It's so good. It's so sweet that it's pretty much a dessert. But obviously, if you want it to be less sweet, you can do... I wouldn't do less condensed milk because it might ruin the egg yolk ratio, but you could do more coffee. And then just make more of it. Yeah. And make more of it. You can also have it iced, which is nice. Yeah. I have my hot. And then with your egg whites, which will be left over from making several egg coffees, you're going to make meringues. Oh yeah, baby. Because I've been making Cheska meringues because she can eat them because they don't have any... Fat. Yep. Okay, so the meringue recipe I use, you need 115 grams of icing sugar and 115 grams of caster sugar, and you need four egg whites. It's a lot of sugar, baby. Oh, mama. <laughs> Do you see that tweet that was like, in the New York Times, it was like a, a cartoon... And I was like, honey, uh, Maria from next door wonders if she can borrow 5,000 cups of sugar. And she's going to get dustbin. <laughs> um, you beat your egg whites into stiff peaks. The way that I tell if they're in stiff peaks is you take the whisks out and you flip them so they're paint, like facing the ceiling. And if your little mountains of meringue still point up to the ceiling. That's a stiff peak, <laughs> baby. If you don't know what a stiff peak is, something's um, wrong with I you. I almost said, ask your husband. But <laughs> we're not, we're not heteronormative like that. Fair. <laughs> and, uh... And appropriate. <laughs> this is an appropriate family-friendly podcast. Um, I also said, and your husband won't know. Or he might have erection issues. In which case, don't oh, talk God. about All right. <laughs> enough, enough. Because it will hurt You know feelings. what a stiff peak is, and your meringue will show it when it's stiff, okay? So, no questions asked. We like stiff meringues. That's where you want to be. So, your meringues are stiff. Mm-hmm. Facing up. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, <laughs> then you spoon in your caster sugar, a dessert spoonful at a time, continuing to beat the mixture, okay, until it's all in there. The reason you're doing it a spoon at a time is to stop the meringues from weeping when they go in the oven. Damn, this is, like, really personified. They, they're they stiff and weeping? I mean, <laughs> Jesus. I'm gonna be honest. This is, like, meringues are, like, the peak of food porn. Yeah, I didn't think about it like that. Well. If your meringues start to leak... <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> They're probably a little overdone. Um, and then you sift a third of the icing sugar into the mixture. You fold it in. I would recommend a figure eight movement with a metal spoon. And then you sift in the rest of the icing sugar. Your mixture should be thick and glossy. And you will be like, ooh, that's glossy. And then you know it's right because I did that. That's the scientific term for it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> um, and then you dollop them on your baking trays, which have been lined with parchment paper. If you want them to have a nice, like, meringue shape, after you dollop them, I would recommend, like, swirling the spoon in little circles and then pulling it up so you get a little, like, bloop, like a little hat. In the center, yeah. Like big ice gems. And then you bake them at 100 degrees Celsius for an hour. At an hour, they have, like, a soft texture inside. Almost like a marshmallow? Yeah, like exactly. A, like a less of a marshmallow, that's but That's exactly, similar. I was looking for that word. Yeah. I can't remember it. Um, so, like, that's how we like our meringues, obviously. And, like, at that point, they won't have browned at all. Yeah, they're pearly, pearly white. But if you like them more, like, toasted and hard, that's fine. Just leave them in the oven. 
for longer. Undetermined amount because we don't do that here. We don't do that, so you just have to... If you know how long it takes to make them caramelized and toasted... Tell us. Tell us. Let us know. Uh, this podcast has been brought to you by Elena Irvine, who lives in Jersey, right off the coast of France. Oh. And she sent us two boxes of wine. Very tasty, very nice. Thank you, Helena. Thank you, Helena. We need to talk. That was great. See, you're better at jingles than I am. I don't think that's true. I think it is. Anyway, I'm doing We Need to Talk, and we need to talk, okay? Do we? Well, Not do. us. Fucking. <laughs> this week, and we need to talk. This is really highly personal. So imagine you lived with a girl who was born in Cornwall, but was actually Canadian, and she did this really annoying thing. This is just, like, super, super nonspecific, I swear. Um, <laughs> okay, so I thought about something that we had only briefly mentioned um, because our living room these days, as you will know, is our library where we do all of our university work. And we have a little stoop where we feed the birds. We feed the birds on our quasi balcony. And I was thinking what was worrying me, which is a bit of a light worry, obviously, in terms of what we really should be worrying about. Mm. But we're running out of bird seed. Which means if I don't get to feed a bird out of the palm of my hand, I'll be upset, well, for one. But also, our birds won't have our seed. And it made me think about all the animals that aren't really necessarily pets, but always have interactions with other people, whether or not in, they're, like, in, you know, certain lawns that you pass by, or places that you work, or whatever it is. And I was just thinking about all those pets that maybe are missing human interactions as well. Yeah. 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 Well, so we have a border collie who lives three doors down from us, and she, like, sits in the front garden, and you can reach over the gate and stroke her, but obviously we have a bean, because I don't want to, like, stroke her, and her owners are in their 70s, I don't want to, like, be asymptomatic and stroke her, and then her owners stroke her. And then somehow Yeah, sick. exactly. Yeah. Um, but with the bird thing, we've been trying to train crows. To be our friends. Yeah. Because crows will be friends with you. Yeah, they're smart. They're really smart. They know how to choose a good person. (laughs) They're just like, they see into your heart and they know. No, I've had once... Oh, this is a good story. Oh, this is a good story. story. Okay, so we've always been obsessed with birds. Um, Classic. But also, I was walking down the street once in Edinburgh, just a meager 500 yards away from our front door, and a crow flew and like booped you booped me it went straight it like landed on my head and kind of like scrunched my hair and then flew off my head off down the street and i was like i've been chosen i'm a witch that is that is my calling i think that must be what that means you know like why well why else would he cho- would have chosen me like i'm so very obviously a moving human there's no way he's yeah. like oh that's a pole because <laughs> like <laughs> i didn't feel like a pole anyway so he's like you know. oh a tree yeah exactly bird's nest. perfect <laughs> A dumpster, yeah. So I was like, you know, all um, garbage. <laughs> obviously, he knew that I was human, and he chose to do that. Anyway, so we're trying to get these crows. There are these four crows that live around, and they've been landing on our perch as well as these two pigeons. But they just hang out now. Yeah, and they're and you know they're getting acclimated soon enough. And the pigeons just kind of hang out. We've got two pigeons, which I think are like me and you in the pigeon world. That's true. Which is weird. Um, and they just, like, hang out, and then, like, we open the window, and we feed them, and they fly away, but they only fly to across the road, and then they see that we fed them, and they fly back. Would I accept friendship from a pigeon? 
yes, yes. I would, yeah. is are they my end goal in the social hierarchy of, of the bird world? No, they're not. No, I mean, let's face it, they're genetically prone to being friendly they with humans. They want to be friends with you. Right? I want someone who's starkly against human interaction to yeah. like me. Granted, that being said, crows obviously aren't, but... You know, we've got a we got a few a blackbird and a starling has been there. So one of the things I was gonna talk about, which I'm gonna do as an antidote to your worry, mm-hmm. is I saw an article today that said house sparrow populations are like booming, booming because everyone stuck in their house is feeding the house sparrows. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy. And what we have is house sparrows. We have little, tons of house sparrows. They yeah. live like in our guttering. Yeah. So if you have those deep holes in our gutter, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Jesus. Like an RSPCA is like, uh, excuse me? Um, <laughs> this this podcast will be quickly taken down. <laughs> but they live, if you have, they, they look, <laughs> the males are brown and they have white bellies and like black rings around their necks. And then they, you can very well Google it. You can just Google house bear. We can post a picture of a house we can, bear. Oh, wow. If we see our birds, we can post a picture. Yeah, we can post a bird pic. Nice, nice. But yeah, so don't worry about the birds. Yeah. And we can make, we have loads of pumpkin seeds in the pantry. That's true, we do have lots of seeds. Something I might look up for next week is how to make those, like, peanut butter seed balls. Yes. We don't have anywhere to hang it, except we hang, unless we hang it off the guttering. Well, we could hang it, we could leave the string and just hang it um, under the edge. Under the edge, yeah. Yeah, we could. Solutions being made, ladies and gentlemen. If anyone has any bird-based tips. Please do. Please, for the love of God, send them in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so what was your good thing? Oh, do you want to sing No News is Good News? Yeah. But here's some news that's good. <clears throat> no news is good news, but here's some news that's good. That's my favorite. And in your hat, you look like a kind of cheery train conductor. <laughs> um, my good news is from the Guardian Good News section. Oh, wow. So for all you... It's a bit of cheating, to be honest. Left-leaning listeners out there. <laughs> I apologize if this is repeated content. Um, Rita Reynolds, age 99, is the oldest known Brit to recover... From coronavirus and her family says it's all down to her love of marmalade sandwiches oh my god i will quote the article now reynolds was a driver during the second world war and age 21 she survived a bomb that landed outside her house in liverpool by hiding under the table after refusing to get in the air raid shelter because she wanted to read her book oh my god rita i'm in love honestly hats off to rita that's incredible. Isn't that sweet? So she is, she's recovered. So she will have lived through so much. Spanish flu? My God. Maybe just about. 99 years old. 99. So I call a miracle. Christ. That's kind of impressive. Yeah. So they, and she was put on like, they were like, she's gonna die. Mm. And then she just woke up and was like, hi. I literally love old people, man. <sighs> love them. Well, the good ones, I guess. Something that I saw also, not, not media good news, but just general good news. Me and Chante were walking, and we saw this old man sitting in his front window, and his friend was standing in his garden a safe distance away, and they were having a cup of tea together and talking through the open window. That is literally so cute. I think that's what's really beautiful, is that, like, in this entire thing, you know, no matter how tough it is, like, there's, there is every opportunity to engage still in social interaction, like, in a really safe way. Yeah. Like, that's not taken away. Like, we today we were walking and we saw those people talking all, like, in a triangle, separated from each other, but having, like, a fun conversation. Like, 
Or you see people like talking through windows. Like I played tic tac toe with a woman across the street from her window. Or not oh. tic tac toe. Uh, rock paper scissors, because uh, I'm I'm too too dumb for tic tac toe. But you know, like all those things. You know, if you have the time and energy, like are possible. Like you can have those interactions, and they're really sweet. And I think and that, genuine. Yeah, and people were like saying good morning to us today, and everyone's yeah. smiling at each other. And I think we're all so starved of human. Conversation. I was telling Chesca today, I was leaning outside the shop waiting for Archente, and this boy walked past, and we like smiled at each other, and he was like, All right? And I was like, All right? And he just like kept walking, but it was just really nice, and I don't think it was like a come on. I think it was just that he hasn't maybe spoken to anyone outside of his apartment for weeks. Yeah. And I mean, I just think, Oh, I love it. I do like it a it's lot. It's really nice. It's really sweet. So send us your nice things. Yeah, if you've had great interactions with people, like remember you had a conversation with some woman outside of the store like last week when we went on our shop or oh, something. Yeah. You know, like just cute things that have happened to you guys. We'd love to hear. I was sat outside the wall uh, outside Waitrose because it's like one person in at a time now. Um, and this woman was like, oh, are you on the wall of shame too? And I was like, yeah. And then she was just like, how are you? Are you okay? And I was like, oh, I'm okay. Like, how are you? And she was like, oh, I'm pregnant. And I was like, oh, I'm like, that must be stressful. But we just like had this really frank conversation where we were like, it wasn't small talk. Because mm. it's like, I know what's going on in your right. life. You're locked in your house. Exactly. So like. That's the thing you... that's so genuine. It's so frank because there's not like a, oh, how are you? Like, there's no. There's no like, so what are you doing? It's right. like, are you feeling okay? Yeah, exactly. To be fair, she was a therapist. That was her job. But. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been a therapy in my time. So <laughs> it was just, uh, it was really sweet. So let us know what's been going on with you guys like that. Indeed. Indeed. And our final segment. Uninformed and full of rage. Oh, that's my favorite one they do. <laughs> Always hoping you're gonna do like Uninformed and full of rage. I could try to do the scream of vision. Uninformed and full of rage. That's nice. <laughs> so we're gonna keep this question anonymous. Uh huh. Mystery. This is, this is a mystery question. I have secret admirer. Ooh, uh, uh, Doctor Holmes. Oh no. <laughs> um, this is a bit of a deep one, but with uninformed and full of rage, we'll take anything. We'll take. Any question, you know, if you want to know the migratory patterns of lesser flamingos, we'll try and figure that out. Or yeah. you can ask a question like our listener this week. How do you have a listener? I hear the people cry. This is the first episode. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't ask those questions. <laughs> Don't ask questions about us or our process. Okay. <laughs> do you ever stop and think about the type of person or the person you want to be and how do you set yourself up to get there good question anonymous listener um (laughs) i have no idea who you are (laughs) yeah if only we knew who it was i think this is a great question and i think my interpretation of this like i feel like this question is something that people ask themselves quite often yeah and i think it's also something that is asked of us to think about quite often like Mm. you're like you in, a, in, in ways that are big and small, should probably be thinking about how it is that you want to, say, interact with people. Like, if you want to be a certain way, like, I'm super competitive and super contradictory, and I don't want to be that way, mm. necessarily. And <laughs> I try crazy. really hard. <laughs> I've never heard of this. Um, I try really hard when I'm not in a good mood or don't want to do something to be, like, upfront about that so that I'm not then in a situation where I'm like, 
Jesus, I could be doing something else. I don't want to be, I don't want to be doing this, blah, blah, blah. And then like take it out on people around me. Instead, I can just know myself enough to say, these aren't the things that I want. I want to be doing things a certain way. Mm -hmm. And like, as much as that maybe means that you're not in the same way, like you're not uh, maybe the person that some of your friends thought you were, like Mm -hmm. a lot of people that do love you will take that. Like, that's not like, that's not you being like, oh, I'm completely different. That's just like learning who you are as a person. Yeah. And it's something that me and my mom talk about a lot is my mom is very much like people don't change. And I'm like, okay, maybe like people's like foundational pillar. Right. Their soul, maybe. Like I will always be an impatient person. And I think this is what you mean. Like, but I can work on the way that I project that on other people because like it's not other people's fault. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. But, like, I think that definitely the last few years, I've always thought of myself as a very sunshiny person. Mm. And I think, like, recently, I'm just like, can I just fuck off? Yeah, I mean, I literally, like, I remember a certain point in my life when I was in high school, and I had, like, some really weird, like, it just sounds like I'm talking about puberty, but it's not. I had some really weird changes happen to my body, and I... Was like a lot angrier. Did you get hair under your arms. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> and now I have hair everywhere. And so I have to wear deodorant now. <laughs> I have to take showers regularly. Anyway, um, I, I like my mother, really noticed that I was like very angry and and very easy to anger. Mm. And she was like, "Is there something going on? Is there like what's happening?" Blah, blah blah. And I never had an answer to that question, but I always thought that that wasn't. I'm not an angry person at heart, and that always bothered me. That maybe my perception was that I was just, you know, a frustrated, like, time bomb ready to split whenever someone yeah. said something mean to me or said something that I didn't like or something like that. And I think that when I was little, or I guess in high school, I always thought about how. I should, like, move forward every day being like, oh, well, in the future, I'm going to be the kind of person that people feel safe around Mm, all the time. mm. And that means I have to do that every day. I have to work at that every time I'm I'm having an interaction with someone or every time I'm... Like, I always have conversations in my head about how things could have gone when I had this conversation and how I could have not been mean. Mm. So I think about it outside of, like, being with people as Mm. well. But I think that if you're in this conversation with someone... And you can literally like take a pause, take a breath while before you actually say anything. Like it's worth like that millisecond of time is enough for me to be like, what I was about to say wasn't what I wanted to say. Yeah, and I think that also with like ugh, about like, are you the person you want to be or the type of person you want to be? I think that's something that like me and Cheska are talking about the person you are on like a character level yeah but not I think, like career level so i think that's something that the coronavirus has really done to a lot of i would say young people i'm definitely stereotyping i'm sure there are older people who are in this position as well is like i don't i'm not working i'm not going to university i like all my plans for next year which are career plans are up in the air so it's like without those things who are you? And right. I think that's something that I have really struggled with the last couple of weeks because I'm like, I'm the manager of a successful restaurant and I'm a first student. I'm going to move to London. And it's like, those are things that you do that isn't who you are. are. And I think that it's important to have some sort of like cachet mm. of 
self-awareness that isn't based on what you do either from like a laborial perspective or like I never want to be like oh I'm so-and-so's girlfriend right exactly you know I think well because I think there's like that's like it's a layers like to quote Shrek um you know we're (laughs) we have we have layers we're like onions and I think that the bottom layer is something that you always have to have whereas like maybe the skin layers that you peel off that maybe sometimes rot and you know don't end up the way that you want it to be Mm. like you can peel those away and still have your core like sometimes you don't cook with the whole onion oh that's now that's a phrase thank you (laughs) but I think that you know like I'm in close proximity with a lot of people that I care about right now and that's when like being the kind of person I've wanted to be is important but also really stressful because it's like okay we all think about oh if there's a big disaster I'm gonna be brave and I'm gonna be heroic and right. like I don't know about our listeners but I have a, a like severe mental illness I have really bad chronic anxiety and so for me like not like, like not being super irritable and like silent, which is basically what happens when I get really anxious, is like takes up probably eighty percent of my emotional reserves exactly, right now. Exactly. Exactly. So it's like, does that make me not brave? Does that make me like a not... bad person? Yeah, and I think you know, I definitely feel like I could be doing more to help in this situation. But well, I, I mean. <laughs> I'm sure everyone feels that yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't Unless feel that way? Unless you're a doctor. Way. Right. Probably. But, um... Because you're doing the most. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to the NHS in all seriousness. Yeah. Clap, clap. Not too loud. Yeah. I'm a little clap. Not because we don't want to clap loud, but because of the audio. Yeah. But I think that I feel like I'm spending so much time by myself in a very constrained situation where you know that for everyone to get along and have a good time, there is this pressure to, like, be happy and not, like... The first week, we all cried a lot. Yeah, indeed. And I've been irritable, but, you know, that's, that's like, more so a normal thing with me anyway. But I think that the difference is, you know, yeah, for a little bit, we've definitely gotten to, a, like, a, like, a routine almost now. But I don't think that we are less emotional about it. No, I think that we're just maybe a bit more, like, stoic, I guess. That, or I think there's, like, some bit of normalcy in how long this has been happening now. Yeah. But Not I th- that any of it should be normal, but, you it know. It's really weird. But I think to circle back to the question, yes. Because I'm rambling. I always stop and think about whether I'm the kind of person I want to be, and I think that this is something that's really on people's minds. And I guess my only advice would be, make sure that you're thinking about who you are and not just what you do. Yeah, I, I'm definitely someone who is less of, who thinks less about what they do because what I will do will always have to do with how I feel as a person. Like, I always want to work with my hands. That's just a huge part of who I am in general. But, like, that means I could do a lot of things, like, in terms of who, what my career path will be in terms of where I envision myself or how I'm going to be as a human being later on. Like, when am I going to build my house? That's going to happen sometime. But I think that, those things are super connected, but that doesn't mean that you should only focus on one and not the other. Yeah, and I think it's a balanced thing. And I I think we all want to get to the end of the road and be like, I did cool things and I was myself. And that sounds really boring, but everyone's dream, I think, is to do a job that's relatively well paid that you think in some way reflects an aspect of your character. 
But if you don't know what your character is, how are you going to go and find that job? There's the answer there, eh? Thank you. But yeah, it's something that's been on my mind recently. So thank you, anonymous listener. For that great question. Wherever you are. (laughs) This is like in Sleepless in Seattle. We're just like, thank you, Sleepless. (laughs) Watch Sleepless in Seattle. All right, this is the end. This is the end.